Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, good morning everybody. Give me a wave if you're doing well. It's about half of you are doing well, so the other half aren't doing well then. Is that the truth? So let me ask you again, give me a wave if you're doing well. Okay, that's a little bit better. It's really great to be with you today and uh, it's great to be with Josh and Helen and uh, I hope you continue to encourage them, do you? And thank them for all that they do uh, here in the life of the church. It's great to be around the, the different locations and see what God is doing amongst us. Just before we open up the, the Bible, can I encourage uh, you, uh, if you are on, about to go on holiday, then have a terrific time uh, whilst you're away. They, they are important times. And um, uh, Isaac, who's, who's with me again today, uh, said he was actually in Belgium last weekend. That's another story in, in itself. But he watched the online. That's what I want to make. So he actually caught the church online whilst he was away. So whilst you're away, you still can connect with the messages. Let me say, if you're not planning to go away, but as Josh has said, there's the beautiful sunshine and you get up in the morning, you think, you know what, we'll hit Skeggy or we'll hit Mablethorpe or we'll hit Sutton-on-Sea. My particular favourite is Sutton-on-Sea. Okay, well, you can do that. Just make sure you're in church and you literally can be out the doors by about half past 12 and you can still be there by about half past two if you go like Josh, okay? And... um, still enjoy the afternoon what I'm saying is this is an important part of what we want to do just over this summer just being together and it's good to see such a good number here this morning uh, in 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 summertime can I also ask that those who are praying people please keep praying for uh, arena church please keep praying for the pastors of arena church keep please keep praying for the for the vision of arena church it's interesting as I walked in and I won't go there but I'm and Duan said to me, I've got a word for you. And uh, I, thought, I, I thought she was initially saying, I want a word with you. But it wasn't. I, I always get worried when it's that. But I've got a word for you. And she just shared something, Anne. And it really blessed me because it's part of what I just sense the Lord saying to us whilst I have been away. But in, interestingly, coming back into Arena Church, uh, when I say there's challenges, all, all is good. But it's, it's just that constant tension that you just sense the Lord may be leading us into opportunities. And yet you think, how is that going to work? Because we haven't, because we haven't, because we haven't. Have you ever been there? You, the Lord says something, you think, well, how's that going to work? Lord, I can think of 10 reasons why that can't work. And some of them, that song, these songs this morning, Nathan really spoke into my heart. He'll break down every wall. He's the God of the breakthrough. Do we believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Either we sing stuff, and it's just like we could be singing a nursery rhyme, or do we sing the truth? Of, of God's word. I believe it. I believe he's able to break down every wall. My, my mind went to uh, when, when Paul and Silas were in the prison in Acts chapter 16. And as they began about midnight, they began to lift their voices before God. Yes? Some of you know the story. And as they begin to praise the Lord, what happened? A breakthrough happened. Something of God's breakthrough as they worshipped God, as they stepped out in faith. So please can I encourage the prayerful people of Mansfield Please keep praying for us because I just get a sense this is going to be an uncomfortable, I'm speaking to me, season that I'm going to be walking into where it's going to be a stretching season. There's more for us to walk into and you're thinking, God, how is this going to work? And yet the Lord knows, amen? So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the presence of God. 
We thank you for people who are gathered who are hungry for truth, hungry for your presence, hungry to be with you. Give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear what you're wanting to say to us just over these next few minutes. I pray that it would be beyond a word, beyond a sermon, but it would enter every one of our hearts and it will be nourished in our hearts and this word would produce fruit in all of our lives for the glory of your name. And everybody said together, Amen. Amen. So we're in a season called Summer in Galatia. And if you know anything about the Bible, basically this was a letter that Paul had written to the churches in Galatia. This is modern day Turkey. Who needs modern day Turkey when next week again we're going to be enjoying 30 degrees temperatures? We don't need Turkey, do we? Okay. But he wrote it to the churches in, 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 uh, in modern day Turkey. And what I particularly like about this book is it's just rich with encouragement and practical instruction. You know, this book, just go with me. It might not be 2,000 years ago, but it's certainly a long time ago. Let's say 2,000 years ago it was written. And uh, the, it still has truth. You can still, if, if you've ever read it, you, you can read it and it's simple, it's practical. Uh, anybody here like Shakespeare? Okay, wonderful. They, they, my English lit teacher promised me, said, you'll get something from Shakespeare. I, I never did. I still didn't understand the those, the those and the these and all the rest of it. It just didn't do anything to me. It was from another generation. But this book that was written from another generation is able to speak to every one of us today. Some theologians have said it offers such jewels and nuggets of wisdom to all Christ followers. So I want to encourage you in this, in this series, if you've missed it, to just check it out on the podcast. But today what I want to do is I want to um, address, it's my joy to address, one of the principal teachings of the book of Galatians. And it's pivotal to Christian faith. So I want to see everybody with a pad, pad and a pen. I want to see everybody with, a, with an electronic device, not playing Tetris, okay? Not, not, not playing Scrabble on your phones. I want you to be writing notes because this is a really important message. Now, if you're new to church, this is going to help you. I promise you. And if you've been in church for a long time, guess what? This is going to help you. Because it's a great message, because what am I talking about? Paul addresses, right in the middle of the book, this important theme. And he addresses and contrasts the difference between law and grace. Everybody say law. And everybody say grace. He addresses the difference between law and grace. And the reason why he does so is because the churches in Galatia had entered into, as a result of Paul's uh, missionary visits as a result of input from others into the life of these churches, they have, they had entered into the joy of grace. We'll come on to that in a moment. But what had happened was, over time, they had started drifting back to law. Now, I want to take you for a moment to Galatians in chapter 2, and just in your, in your notes, just write Galatians 2 verses 11 through to Galatians 3.21. We're not going to read it all this morning. We're just going to read a few verses. Let me just lead you in before we go to verse 14. It'll come on the screen in a moment. Paul had an altercation. 
And basically this altercation was with a super apostle by the name of Peter. If you don't know the Bible, Peter was one of the real precious ones of Jesus. He was very precious to Jesus. He was very close to Jesus. In fact, Peter had gone on a real up and down journey because he disowned Jesus and yet Jesus had restored him to ministry. And who was it who Jesus used on the day of Pentecost? He used this man, Peter. Remarkable message that he preached, which would have only taken a few moments. I'd love to be able to preach a message like that, Josh. Just a few minutes preach and 3,000 people were added to the kingdom of God in those few moments. Wow. He was a remarkable man of God. It says even his shadow would pass by and people would be touched and healed and ministered to. Wow, remarkable things. But here we see Paul having an altercation with Peter. And this is the deal. It's equivalent to, you know, uh, Mansfield Church is being led into uh, the message of grace. And now Josh starts saying something different. We'll come to that in a moment. He won't do that. And... I hear of it and then come through and I, and, I, and I just say, Josh, what are you doing, man? There's a real altercation. This was not just like this all sweet and light. There was a real tussle that happened. But what he was basically saying is, Peter, stop bringing the people back to where they'd come from. They've entered into grace. Please do not take them back into law. Let's pick it up. Have you got that? That's important. So we see Galatians 2 verse 14. This is what it reads. When I saw, this is the church, they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, that is Peter, trust me, that's another name, another name that he had, in front of them all. So like I said, it's equivalent to me saying to Josh in front of all you guys, and he says this, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Verse 15, we who are Jews by birth are not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. This is important. I just want to take something. This word justified, somebody expressed it to this when I did Bible school in a simple way. Justification of faith is just as if I've never sinned. Just as if you will never come to the place as just as if I've never sinned through the law that's what he's saying but only through faith in Christ Jesus so we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified just as if I've never sinned by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified just as if I've never sinned You will never be justified by the works of the law. And he was seriously ticked off because what was happening was Peter and the guys there were taking these people back to law-based teaching. They were taking them back to circumcision. Oh, that sounds painful, lads, eh? They were taking them back to hand-washing. They were taking them back to observing religious laws and dietary requirements and all these things. And he says, that is not how you will come to being justified just as if you've never sinned through those things. They they don't work. Have you got that? This will all come clear in a minute. Then chapter 3, verse 1. He says some other things, but I just want to take you to chapter 3, verse 1. Because my message of this morning is don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. And this is what he says. Paul then carries on. 
in his writings and he says this, you stupid Galatians. In, a, in another version it says, you foolish Galatians. Now, let me just say, would you be happy if I came before you and I'd heard something and say, you stupid Mansfield people. How many of you would switch off in a moment? Come on, be honest. Nobody likes to be called stupid. And we're not just messing around here. He is serious. You stupid. What's your name, sir? Herman. Herman. How would you like if I came to you? And I'm not going to do that. You're a big, big unit, actually. You sh- Herman, you are stupid. That would be offensive. That would be rude. And you're not, by the way. You're a child of God. God loves you with a passion committed to you. Yeah. But that's exactly what happened. And Paul says, you, you, you stupid, you foolish Galatians. I told you exactly how Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross. He's trying to bring them back to it again. It's all through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, has someone now put an evil spell on you? Wow, this is severe language that Paul, and he's, this is Paul in his prime. This is how Paul teaches. <laughs> he, re- he really does. He's, he's quite strong. What he's basically saying is, you've been hypnotized by error. You've been hypnotized by error. Even from Cephas, Peter. It's hypnotized you with error. And they were hypnotized, why? Because they had not stayed true to the apostles' teaching. Can I just for a moment, it won't come on the screen, Acts chapter 2 verse 42. It's the foundational verses for any New Testament church, should be. They devoted themselves to what? To prayer, to fellowship, to breaking of bread. We've done all those things. And to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching was rooted in the teachings of Jesus. All that they had learned, all that the Holy Spirit was now teaching them, stay true to the apostles' teaching. And what was happening is they had moved away from the apostles' teaching and were now going back to the law of Moses. And they were not staying true, rooted into the revelation that they had come into. And interestingly, Can I just say for a minute, if anybody teaches anything different than what the Bible teaches, I don't care if it's lovely Josh, I don't care if it's lovely Phil, I don't care if it's lovely Paul or lovely Helen, I don't care who they are. If they do not teach from this Bible, do not listen to them. And by the way, I'll put me as the chief suspect. If I teach something different to the Bible, do not listen to me. Are you hearing me? It's really careful that we stay rooted into the scriptures. We all have our favorite Bible teacher. We all have our favorite people. But we need to make sure that they are rooted in the scriptures. And this is what was happening. I'm making the point. Are you you still with me? You're very quiet. You have to help me because I get a little bit unnerved when people are so quiet. So are you still with me this morning? Are you understanding this? Is this making sense? Thank you. Because the law was what they were now going back to. We have this phrase, I've heard Josh say, you've changed. <laughs> He's saying, you've changed. And that's what was happening. Paul was saying, you've changed. Guys, what has happened to you? You stupid, foolish church. You know, don't go back to the do's and don'ts of the law. 
The, the law will only restrict. The law will be harsh and domineering. The law built around circumcision and festivals. I've said all those things. And what it does, it leads them into superstitious living. Hard line law keeping. And how many of you know that if you live out of a church like that, it's lifeless and loveless. Any time that anybody tries to lead you into law keeping, just in the law, without grace, it always leads to being restricted and being enslaved and being constrained. Hyper law leads to legalism, which controls and binds and enslaves. Paul was saying, I'm not here you know, to, to, to bring the law. I'm here to bring, bring grace. And by the way, for those who think, and we'll come, because there's so many weaves to this, because some other people then say, okay, well, we don't need the law. Jesus didn't, never said that. Read Matthew 5. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. Then he goes on to say, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you will never inherit the kingdom of God. We'll come to that right at the end. But you can never be justified. You can never get to God through law. It's impossible. You can never be just as if I've never sinned through the law. That only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me give you a Bible verse. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6. He now goes to the Corinthian church, Paul. It's the same guy who's writing this. And of course, there's the same issue in the Corinth church. He says this, who, he, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. This new covenant is a covenant of grace. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter, the law, that's what he's talking about, kills. But the spirit of grace, what? Gives life. See, law keeping does not work. Anybody ever tried to do something in your own strength? And it's work for about a day, a week, a month, a year, max. Give me a wave, anybody. Oh, it just doesn't work. Somebody once taught me, self-help is no help at all. If you run down the self-help life of, and there's lots of it around, it's no help. Now, there'll be truth in it, but you'll never find true help other than through the power and finished work of Jesus Christ. So that's the law. Now let me apply this to you because we're not asking you to be circumcised. You'll be glad to know. We're not saying you wash your hands, although we are asking you to sanitize. But it's interesting. People can come and they, they, they live out the law because they think if I go to church, if I pray, if I read the Bible, then God will be happy with me. Now all those things are good, but they won't, that won't make you justified just as if I've never sinned. Hello, am I speaking to anybody? I have talked to so many people and some people have got really angry with me because they say, I know the Bible. I give loads to the church. I give loads of time to the church. I pray. They're all great things. But do you know, Jesus Christ, in your own heart and life, have you got a living personal relationship with Jesus? Literally, across this, this um, nation, there are people who worship it. It's not a criticism. There are people who are going to church and it's a good practice, but they don't know Jesus. They are living out of the law. 
And that's how it applies to us. Listen, at the end of my, my, my message today, I'm going to be saying to you, you might have been coming for ages, but if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you have never entered into this life of grace, I'm going to give an invitation for you to do so this morning. Let me just say as well, Jesus said something about this in John 1 verse 17. He says this, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth They come through Jesus Christ. You see, the Spirit gives life, and this comes through the amazing grace of Jesus. I want to say this grace is truly amazing. It saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I've been found. I was once blind, but now I see. See me being brought up in a church from day six. That's my story. I've always been in church. With its laws and regulations that will never get me to Jesus. It's only through the finished work of grace. And why Paul was so angry? I'll reiterate it. Because Galatia, the churches had stepped into this. And now they were coming away from it. And he was saying, please remain in this grace. Now, I want to just quickly give you an example of this grace. So I'm going to ask Paul to come and help me. I'm going to ask the old men. Please don't get offended with me. I'm going to ask Wesley, please, if you'd come. And I'm going to ask Nathan, if you'd come as well. Okay? So I want Nathan, if you'd just remain at this side. I want Paul, if you'd just come in the middle, please. And Wesley, if you just come, you can come closer, lads, because I want to just help you. It's just a very, very simple, I'm not going to, you just go the other side of Paul. So basically, this is to just illustrate the difference between law and grace. So this man is like all of us, pretty lost, pretty broken. And by the way, there are people who aren't searching for God. By the way, sorry, this is, this is Nathan, this is us. This is God the Father. <laughs> this is God the Father and this is the Son this is, this is Jesus please don't get hung up, hung, up, hung up with their faces and stature and all that kind of stuff Okay, I'm doing it on purpose but this, let's just come to Nathan for a moment you may be searching for God like I said you're one of those who's tried and you're forever trying, striving driving to get to God and you want to get to God there and you just think, I'll do these things and that will get me to God. And we've realized the Bible says you never will. Or it may be that you're just far away from God, broken, hurting, been messed up, been abused, been an abuser. And you're here. And someone tells you about the Father. Let me just say about the Father. <coughs> this is really important. God the Father is good. You know the evil that happens in the, in the world? It's because of sin. Sin entered the world. There are some things that have happened to you that shouldn't have happened to you. And let me just say, that wasn't God. That was sin. I believe, I very, very clearly, we could put another person here, we don't want to give glory to him, Satan, and all his evil work. And all he wants to do is destroy you. All he wants to do is kill you. He hates you. And oftentimes God gets the blame for the devil's work. We've all lost people that we've loved. We've lost babies. We've lost moms and dads too soon. We've lost children. 
We've lost business. We've lost, 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 lost. Pain, abuse. Have you got it? And sometimes we do this to God, and God understands that. But let me tell you, I just need to be clear. It's really important. God never instituted any of that. His heart, his heart absolutely breaks for your pain. Because he's the father. He's God the father. And he looks over at Nathan longing. Now, law never got them back there. The law of Moses never got them there. And Jesus and God always knew that. The Father always knew that. He actually says before the foundations of the earth, he planned for the, for the Lamb of God, for Jesus the Son to come and be a sacrifice. And this is where Paul steps in because there's a gulf. There's no way of reaching them. But if you just stretch out your hands just for a moment, you're going to be there for about 30 seconds. What happens is the gulf is now breached. You've seen this before. It's really, but it's very powerful. If you get nothing else from this message, I want you to get this. Through the finished work of grace, through the finished work of Jesus Christ, through him hanging on a cross with love for you and for I, he has provided a way for Nathan to get back to the Father and for the Father to connect with Nathan. How awesome is that? This is relationship. And this is what Paul was talking about. He was saying, this is what I've provided for you. Don't go back to, just put your arms down for a moment, where there's no grace. And it's all through faith. It's all through faith. Taking that step of faith. Nathan reaching out to Jesus. Just reach out, put your hand over there. And then the father reaching out through Jesus to Nathan. And it connects. Give him a round of applause. Have you got that visual? Let me give you a verse for you to memorize. I don't often do this, Josh. But I think it'd be important for Mansfield to really know this verse. Ephesians 2 verse 8. This is foundational for any Christ follower. And for you to remind yourself and you to remind the enemy when he comes and whispers in your ear, because I need this verse to remind him of the finished work of grace in my life. This is what Paul again writes to the church at Ephesus. And he says this, for it is by grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. It's by grace you have been saved. Through faith. (laughs) Through faith. And this is not from yourself. You couldn't have, you couldn't drive, you couldn't strive, you couldn't pay your way in. You couldn't pray your way in. You can't give your way in. You can't attend your way in. It's a gift of God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let me just say, this grace is amazing. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. It's kindness and unconditional love expressed in Jesus. And in Jesus, we find grace and mercy. Let me quickly just say this to you. Because the grace needs defining. Somebody again, many, I was 18 when I went through Bible school and this is what they said to me. Grace is this, God giving to us that which we don't deserve. Simply put, grace is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. We're all undeserved. Isaac, you don't deserve it. Wesley, you don't deserve it. And you don't deserve it. Christian, you double, double don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. 
that God is giving to us this wonderful gift of grace, even though we don't deserve it, Patrick. <laughs> but it gets not better. There's more to it. There's another layer to this cake. Because he gives us the grace of God, but then what is the mercy? Well, the mercy of God is this. God withholding from us that which we do deserve. We all deserve to be damned. We all deserve to go to hell. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. You may say, well, that's a bit hard. I've never done anything really bad. Well, even the least of sinners was still a sinner. And we've all done things wrong. And again, I speak to myself, God, with the mercy of God, is Christian, I have withheld from you that which you do, you do, do deserve. And my goodness, you deserve it. Have you got it? The grace of God is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. The mercy of God is God withholding from us that which we um, do deserve. Wonderful. I'm teaching this across all the churches, by the way, this message. I've, I've really had a great liberty in it. I've loved it. Because it's how foundational for Christian life and living. We do not live out of the laws of God. We live out of the grace of God. But can I just conclude with this one final thought? Because this is really, really important. So I've, I've, I've warned, like Paul, don't go back to law. Have you got that? Yeah. I'll ask again. Have you got that? Don't go back to law. Yeah. Live in the grace. Have you got that? Yeah. But there's one other thing. Because there's something called hyper grace. Hyper grace. Anything that's hyper is not normally good. And I hear a lot of it around, across the teaching of the world. It's subtle, but it's there. And I think we need to be careful in Mansfield and in Ilkeston and in Belper and in Nottingham and in Toulouse and in the Hub to be careful to keep watch over our lives. What am I talking about? Well, basically they say things like this. Hyper graces, it's all covered through the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's true. But basically that then gives them excuse to say what they want. To live how they want. So let me give you some examples of that. We can mouth off, we can curse. By the way, if you're having Jesus redeem your mouth through cursing, that's fine. But he will redeem it. He does want to redeem it. He doesn't want any unwholesome talk coming from our mouths. You know, there's no problem having a drink, but if I've heard this over decades, people saying, well, I'm okay, I can handle drink. I can get drunk just once, you know, a month or whatever. It's okay. And then they come to church on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm, please, well, don't forgive me. I'm just saying, if you live like that, that's hyper grace. Because you know it's wrong. I can watch what I want. I can think what I want. Remember, we're not under law, but we are under grace. And people say, well, I can live out what I want and do what I want, and God's grace covers it all. Let me just give you a foolish example of this. I'm married. As you know, Caroline, she sends her love to you. We have a covenant agreement, Caroline and I, 30 years ago this year. And I put a ring on her finger. And I've got a ring on my finger. And we have a marriage license. And so we have all those things. But I say to myself, I'm going to fool around. I'm going to sleep around. I'm just going to have lots of different women. Because it's okay. 
because I have a covenant agreement. Uh, it's all covered through the ring. It's all covered through the license. Exactly. I can see you shaking your head. It's foolish, isn't it? And yet that's how a lot of people live their life in, in, in Christian faith. Say, I have, I've got my ticket. I prayed the prayer at the front. Paul led me to faith, but I can live out I want. And by the way, yes, you've guessed it. Paul, apostle, speaks into this as well. So he spoke into the churches at Galatia. He spoke to the church at Ephesus. He spoke to the church at Corinth. There's a pattern here. And now he speaks to the church at Rome. Let's just for a moment, as we finish, go to Romans in chapter 6. It reads superbly in the New International Version and the New King James Version 1 through to 3. But I want to simplify it by taking it through the message. Because this is the foolishness that he was addressing, Jordan, in Rome. People were saying, I can do what I want then. We've, we've got the grace of God so I can just go on sinning. And he says, so what shall we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? This is what happened in baptism. And if you've never been baptized and you're a Christ follower, I'd encourage you to step into baptism. He says, when we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. Now, let me be clear, we'll all trip up, we'll all foil, uh, fall. But if we are intentionally living that way, we are living out of hyper grace. Have you got it? And we do not believe in hyper grace, we believe in the true grace of God, which is the grace of God is we receive it and then we live according to the laws and boundaries that Jesus has set in place. Let me pull all this together. There are commandments, there are boundaries, there are laws that God wants us to live by. They in themselves don't produce peace or forgiveness with God. Only grace can do this. But they do provide a foundation to live a peace-filled, joy-filled, fulfilled and purposeful life, home and family. I'll take you again to Matthew 5. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And Matthew 5 and 6 and 7 Jesus himself speaks into foundational teaching with regard to lying and adultery and thieving and all those kinds of things and basically lays another foundation in every Christ follower's heart and we are called not to live out of laws but to live out of the grace of God and as we live out of the grace of God we can then live out the boundaries of God. Does that make sense? <laughs> so can I finish? Because time is gone. Mansfield. Don't be foolish. Don't be stupid. Live out the grace of God. And as you live out of the finished work of grace. God will give you all that you need as his spirit is at work in you. To build a life, a home, a family of boundaries, of discipline, of blessing and fulfillment and purpose. Oh my goodness, Emma, that will be so, such a blessing to you and such a blessing to those around you. Do we receive this word?